Well, we could sing songs. We could play along. Or we could just go back and forth with my balls like ping pong. <laughs> I do prefer the paddle. For swimming purposes, Jesus, get on the saddle. Let me uh, whoop you around and give you that without a paddle. Hashtag Shaggy in that movie. Where, what was it? What was it? What was the Davy Jones? Not Davy Jones. That's the underground thing off the Pirates of the Caribbean. The ugly octopus looking guy. The guy who jumped out and apparently had this secret $500 million. I forgot his name. DB. Is it DB Jones? You know, damn it. See, I, this is why I should have let. I always have my phone right here just in case I need to have my Jamie moment. You know, to have some active research. But I'm like, no, Clint. D.B. Cooper. There you go. D.B. Cooper. The myth, the man, the legend. I actually don't know much about the story, so I'll just kind of stop talking about it. But yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Burping like a baby. But that Gerber life insurance, which I don't have... But, like, well, why would someone my age get life insurance? Like, these heavy criticizers. Like, oh, uh, you should really start uh, thinking about your future. It's like, what's the point of thinking about the future if the now isn't even all that great? We're thinking about the future of now is scary. Because it's like, because if you're preparing for the future, you're preparing for the progression of where you're at. It's like, well... The future of what it looks right now, I mean, I'm going to be dead by 50 with the rate I'm working at, you know? Um, <laughs> and with all the pre-workout I consume. I'm going to be like 70 years old in the gym consuming pre-workout. My doctor's like, hey, you cannot take pre-workout. You will die of a stroke in the gym, which I almost felt like today. And I'll still be like, well, then I'm going to die with the drive. Leg drive. Um, <laughs> all right, let's just stop the intro because I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about now. But yeah, welcome to episode 212, I believe, of the Off and Be podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. But most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. And boy, my mind is in a haze. I would say dazed and confused, but can you give me that green light book by Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, so I haven't read it. Just not into really reading books about general life philosophies. Nothing against it. Like I, actually, I like, I love listening to him, even in his current state. Um, but I just don't really, because you know the thing about life philosophy. Is that it's so relatable, but it's so not, I don't know, palpable is the right word. It sounds, palpable sounds like it's the right word. So I'm just going to use a word that I don't know if it compares. It's like the spelling bee. Um, can you use that in a sentence? Is it a synonym of antelope? And you're just like, how does knowing what the synonym, I, I think honestly all those like lifeline things they have in the spelling bee, it is just to delay and give the person more time. To think about how to spell it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Use the tactics. Um, what do I know? I'm not a 12 year old from, you know, Taiwan. Even though you can't recognize it as a country in some places. Um, <laughs> maybe you can't recognize it as a country from China. Because that's actually where they keep the UFO information. That's where they have their, you know, uh, Roswell. They have their own little base there. And, you know, they just, you know. It's funny how everything's made in China and Taiwan, but we're just not supposed to recognize Taiwan. Okay. All right. But, yeah. I forgot what I was talking about, but, yeah. Uh, but, actually, you know, I've been coming across, uh, you know, I was actually where I wouldn't have much to talk about this episode. Besides, by the way, recording this August 18th, 2023. At 6.07, or no, 5.07 a.m. Jesus. Easter. 
Um, for the archives, of course. For the archives, don't forget to suck some titties. And that's just for personal pleasure. And the archives. Um, but, you know, there's been this fascinating thing. So, apparently, there is this very popular girl, right? She's apparently from TikTok. And her name is Bobby Altiv. I don't know what's with all these, like young girls these days i don't know why parents name their kids bobby or it's like they'll always give them like some male name and then just put an i at the end instead of a y and it always comes from rich parents like there's no like poor people like giving their kid more of a distance like you only rich people can name their kids stuff that would not typically be associated with the gender that because it's like hey yeah you know you don't have to worry about all the disadvantages. Um, but I don't, I don't know if she's rich. Honestly, I don't know if she came from a rich family. But apparently, she is. there's a lot of speculation that she is a podcast industry plant. Potentially the first podcast industry plant. Um, I guess like an industry plant and just entertainment, however you want to put it. She was kind of big on TikTok and... I was watching a video kind of on the subject matter, uh, people speculating, and they showed some of her t- old TikToks that kind of got her famous, and you're like, there's no, like, real audience for that. Like, I mean, it just kind of looks like a regular-ass person doing TikTok stuff. There's nothing about her videos that would make you wowed or interesting or stand out. She didn't have any great, like, standout features. And she just looks like a normal, you know, um, underdeveloped woman. I'm I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah. The thing is, there's nothing about her that really stands out. So, it's like, okay, there's there's nothing captivating about her personality that makes her famous or big. And this is not criticizing her success, you know. You know, get that money, queen. Slay. And uh, when you can get a Drake interview, you are slaying. Um, <laughs> she is slaying the bells, all right, and speculating. He probably slayed a few bells, too. He's like, wait, you're of age? Fuck. Sorry, Drake. I love you, too. I'll do an interview with you. I feel like I just ruined my chance at a Drake interview. So, oh, Jesus, my hotline will not be blinking. Um, <laughs> He'll just say, I'm too good for you. But yeah, so, and the thing is, is like, I actually, and I never thought she was industry point. I thought like, oh, she's just kind of popping off like shit. Like she got famous on TikTok. She must understand how social media works. She understand what's get big. So she's having a massive YouTube platform growing type of thing. And, but she barely, she doesn't even have double digit episodes for a podcast yet, but she's had some big guests. Um, and Drake will really give you a lot, of, a lot of views. No pun intended. Get it? views. Um, <laughs> um and it's just kind of interesting where it's her. I I haven't watched any of her interviews except for one. Her literal first interview was with a comedian slash podcaster who's has a big podcast in his own right called Rick Glassman. And I remember I came across because I watch his stuff. So it came across my algorithm. And I clicked on it. And the whole like. And I get like it was a whole like. Personality. It was a whole like. Quirky. On her part. Like it seems so like over the top. Trying to be quirky. Or awkward that it seemed kind of manufactured. Like there was nothing like genuine about her awkwardness. It was so simple, state minded. It was nothing genuine about it. You don't get any realness, any real moments from her. And Rick was kind of playing with it, but still trying to add something of value to it. And, you know, I was like, this is interesting because it's something different I'm not used to hearing. But at the same time, I'm listening to like, it's not even like genuinely awkward. Like you could tell like she's trying to just be awkward. 
with simple stated, kind of just saying random things. You fill in the blanks. It's kind of like this improv, putting people to say the more awkwardness you create, the more laughter. And it's just kind of like I, I just wasn't feeling it, right? And this is... And I was like, you know what? I'm always open to the fact that maybe there's something I don't understand that other people do. And fast forward, thinking now, it's very possible that anything could get pushed if it wants to get pushed. And because it really does not make any sense for what's happening. Maybe what she's doing is exposing the fact that it's not really about your introspection and all this shit. It's really just about do you understand what sticks out and what makes people captivated by you. And maybe she's exposing that part. That this whole thing where people feel like they got to be so interesting. Where they feel like they got to have these great knowledge. This great explanation. This great over the top insecurity of always oversharing. And you see someone that shares nothing about themselves. They barely add anything to the conversation. You could barely say she's even hosting the show of the episode I see. And based off what you've seen clips. It is just like press record. And we are just going to say words. Let some silences fill in with more words. It feels random. But I'm pretty sure there's actually a very specific outline plan to what she's doing for the most part and um yeah and the thing and you know typically industry plants the idea can work in music it can work in it can work in movies it could work in entertainment where really like that person is not really reliant on doing a great bear the work like literally an artist and music wise someone else can write the song they have the whole band create the song someone can write the lyrics and you just have to kind of be there and be the visual sing the lyrics be all right enough and you could be nice and well you could be an actor you can never have to write a single word of it contribute nothing all you have to do is kind of study a little bit they could write a very simple character that fits into everything. And, you know, you can fit the means. Podcasting is one of those things where it's like, if you can't do it yourself, if you can't carry a conversation, if you if you can't actually articulate, if you can't actually be what you're selling or what you're being presented as, you get exposed you're going to get exposed pretty quickly. Unless, but then again, now that I say that, like if you have your own podcast, you have your own production team editing, editing and all that stuff can always actually cut out your weaknesses. It can really make conversations sound a lot better than they were in real time. So I don't know. But for the most part, like over time, if you're doing it enough, like the truth about yourself will be revealed. And that's kind of the, as a podcaster, not to talk about podcasts. I don't like podcast episodes where I actually talk about podcasting. But hey, she brought the cat out of the bag. And uh, like Drake, she love when I'm making it wet. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, talk about what in the bed. I'm going to make you wet the bed. Don't worry, the Duncan sponsors back. By the way, if you get a drink from Duncan, bring it home, put it in the fridge for like three or four hours, and it will taste better. Well, make sure your fridge is cold enough. Don't find out that your temperatures in your fridge is not up to par. Because then you're gonna find out when it's melted, it's just watered down. But yeah, but yeah, no, that's the beauty of podcasting. Is that there are things that make no sense for why people gravitate to it. And, but I do believe that in her case that it is being pushed. 
but it's being pushed because a lot of people are watching it. But when your first video before you have a single subscriber or very minimal is getting tens and hundreds of thousands of views without a single, uh, without a single like way to be in the algorithm already on YouTube, like something's like kind of weird about that. But apparently, she actually is signed to a entertainment agency company talent agency quote unquote apparently it's the same as drake's so oh yeah and they took down she took down the drake episode which is kind of weird now there's a lot of speculation of oh because apparently she's married and they were they look pretty cozy in that bed i wouldn't be surprised if we found out she's not married anymore because as we know Drake Price and her husband, the Wingstop. Um, <laughs> in that girl's defense, the Wingstop. I mean, you know, it was a fiance for seven years. Like, you know, I'm not someone to force someone to marriage. But hey, if you've been a fiance for seven years or engaged, but not fiance, if you've been engaged for seven years and Drake says, Drake sends your man the Wingstop. And she's like, wait. You just did what Drake said? Hmm. Tells me everything I need. Like, I'm not even mad at the girl. You know, I get it. I I, I'll, I typically don't take the woman's side in that situation. But you know what? You can't be engaged for seven years and then someone like Drake comes along and, you know, gives her that lemon pepper dry rub. Um, <laughs> I think that's really what uh, inspired the lemon pepper freestyle. He's like, you know, man, I've been kind of in a musical rut. You know, I got this verse from Rick Ross. I just can't seem to put it together. And then he's like, can I get a lemon pepper order, please? And he's like, wait, if you order on the app, you got to have the link to order these. Um, <laughs> I'm such a fool. But yeah, I don't know, you know. But yeah, no, podcast is an interesting thing because, you know, it's really hard to be industry plant. When over time, for years and years, you are reliant for having to keep up with that character for so long. And I don't know, there's just something that there's just some kind of odd about her. Like, I, you know, my, one of my pet peeves is when people, and it's kind of like the trendy thing now, you know, people talk about being the trendy white girl, the trendy white quirky girl who's just like quirky. And quirky is such a dumb word. I hate that word because it really doesn't mean anything. All quirky means like when we speak about it. Like we know what quirky is when we hear it. But like people couldn't really put in the words. It's just like someone that tries to. It's just someone that's naturally awkward quote unquote supposedly. But in reality a lot of quirky people are forcibly awkward and forcibly think that being awkward is like this attractive quality it's like nah you know I, I like people that speak in complete sentences i like people that just speak normal or just don't like not everything has to be like oh what'd you eat today and you're just like bread and then you're like what type i with soup and then like well, don't fucking interrupt me i hate quirky White bitches that want to interrupt me. Alright. Just get your $14 Panera Bird sandwich. And shove it up your quirky butthole. Um, <laughs> and apparently you get unlimited sips. Well, unlimited refills. Quote unquote. Which I feel like there's some catch to that. Like I don't feel like. I, I feel like there's like a whole weird process. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be a fight up Panera Bread. There's going to be some issues. Someone goes up with a cup. And then they're like hey. You actually got to, you know, check in at the front, you know, the scan your thing to make sure it's like, but I have my cup. I don't really have time for that. Can I just go get my freaking unsweet hibiscus tea? And they're like, no, you got to scan at the front. It's like, well, I'm not waiting behind nine people when you guys take eight minutes as people. What type of cheese Danish do you want with your $13 half sandwich combo? It's like, no, I'm just going to go refill my drink and get the fuck out. What's the point of the promotion of unlimited refills if I have to wait to get a refill? 
And I feel like there's like a whole like weird thing. I don't know. There's just some. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. But all that goes to show you is that these companies can do whatever the fuck they want and still make profit. But the appeal, I'm not a marketing expert, but I'm going to assume the appeal of that. Let's say they do it for the whole summer. You have an app. You pay a one-time fee for unlimited refills. It's a small amount. If you're going in there every day, you're not going to feel inclined to sometimes be like, oh, I'm here, you know, I'm on a rush. I'll just pick up this. I'll just get this while I'm here. It's like, no, like, yeah. You you don't think like, oh, yeah, we'll lose uh, tens of thousands of dollars on some lemonade and shit. So people will overpay for our average dry ass food as is. Like, you know, there's fuck, these fucking places that are considered like these. I don't, like, I don't know how to describe it because they're not really healthy. Panera Bread is not really healthy. It's not actually really the most quality food. I would call it like a place where... When people go there, they feel like they're getting whole food, right? Whatever the fuck that means. When all you're getting is like underserved bread, you're getting dry ass chicken, you're getting underserved, you know, just stuff. And it's just one of those places that you feel like you're eating at a whole quote unquote place. But they're just wholly fucking you in the ass. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would do a podcast there. That would be nice. Yeah. I don't know, you know. Shit, I'll be I'll be a podcasting industry plant. Plant me. Don't even let me grow. Just plant me and just pick me out right away. Like I will take I will sell my No, I'm not going to sell my soul. I don't have any soul to sell because all my shoes are basically done. You done though? That's why I tell my shoes every day when I try time. You done though? Oh, God. But yeah, you can tell the boy really was hesitating to do this episode. But you know what? I'm a man that just fucking does it. That's all I do. I just fucking do it. It's what I do. It's what I do. I just fucking do it. Which actually, you know. I came across a uh, switch switch gears heavily here. Um, I you know those TED talks. You know I came across in one of those shorts, and there was something about a woman talking about how essentially like apparently I don't know if she was a therapist she was an author but she did some where she gathered studies so I guess she was a studyist um, <laughs> she's a studiest <laughs> I don't even think that's a word but um <laughs> uh studies or duty <laughs> but um she did studies that were about like men in some ways but apparently she never actually asked men she never actually asked men in those studies about the thing that she was studying which is kind of like seems like you're not really good at your job um (laughs) it's like asking that's like doing studies about woman and like you know what's it like going through labor and then you know you ask uh rupaul um (laughs) Well, that's close enough, you know. They fit the profile. Um, <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. RuPaul's like, you have no idea what it's like dragging a baby in this race. Um, <laughs> uh, which, by the way, before I actually continue this, I'm going to take a little tangent because I watch, apparently, the CrossFit games are around. And I watch this channel that always makes a compilation of every CrossFit game. It just shits on. Apparently, CrossFit's. CrossFit, the games have like bikes now where they ride, you know, bikes in like an event. Um, except what you realize is, you know, CrossFit athletes, most of them look insanely athletic. They look insanely in shape. So you think like at the very least, these people are coordinated, right? 
you would think like at the very least these people know how to like you know throw a baseball they could run in a straight line you know they could probably at least like move with an object they could probably ride a bicycle man these people were falling off the people couldn't even like they had so many like it was a hazard so dumb as fuck like they have them all in the small little like mario kart (laughs) looking track (laughs) and they they had like these cheap construction little paper mache little borders for them like as the as the walls and there was a couple it was the woman sorry but this one woman kept fell over the thing like they look like people they look like a four-year-old who has like never gone on a bike before and they literally to start out the thing once they got to a point they would just get off the bike and then just roll it with their hands and just like run with the bike and it's like why is that even allowed like shouldn't you at least do the task to do the freaking event that you're doing and that round, shouldn't you like? Shouldn't there be a rule that your butt has to be on the bicycle? There was somebody who's just like you know. Well, the way all of them were like riding the bicycle, they should have just all gone off the bicycle and just walked with it. But it just goes to show, don't ever think because you see someone that looks in shape that they actually know how to do athletic things. Because they just may know how to do specific things that make them look like that, like specific training. There are people with six packs who like can't really run. There's people with big leg or there's people with pretty good legs that can't like squat decently. There's people with a big chest that like you know can't re- that actually don't have fluidity in their chest. And there's people with average looking bodies that can fucking do amazing things. Let's just say they did not look like Nick Bear, the hybrid training model. Let's just say that. Um, but anyways, back to the lady who sh- um, did does studies on men's emotions and stuff, but didn't ask them. But apparently she was like at one of her book signings or something. She was doing some with the study she was doing. And she came across this family and it was a and it was a dad and like some kids and a wife. And some with what she, you know, she was like, so what? She's like, so what have the men have? So what were the results of the men and what they said? She's like, oh, well, we didn't ask any men about, you know, shame and emotion and stuff like that. Like how he said, oh, how convenient. She's like, why? She's like, well, he's like, because my kids and my wife would rather me die. Watch me die. And he used the analogy, die on a white horse, than they would see me fall down and be weak, per se. In layman's term, essentially, and then he said, we... It's like no one has no one puts more pressure on us than women. Right? He's saying, like, you know, we we feel pressure from other guys, but a lot a lot of guys are a lot more encouraging because there's this understanding empathy for what a lot of men go through. And you know, naturally a lot of women, you know, what this guy was talking about, they're very blind. They're very like, they're very, it's weird to use the term trained. It's more like they're very, a lot of women are very conditioned to just expect like men should just be like this, right? Like this is just anything less than this, like you're just not this. But if it was the other way around and guys would be like, well, if, you know, if a woman don't meet certain criterias then they're just not women it's like uh no we're more than all this stuff it's like there's this weird lack of understanding of what it's actually like to because you don't want to disappoint people 
that you love. You don't want to disappoint people that you've made commitments in your life, but it didn't really look like, it wasn't really what you expected when you got married and had kids. Like, you thought it was going to be one, you thought you were going to be this great warrior. You thought you are going to have this unlimited backing. You just thought, like, you had this unconditional support as long as you did your part and everyone would love you and be be there for you. And it turns out that, in a lot of cases, especially these days, no one cares. Shut the fuck up about your problems. No one cares if you're unhappy in your job. No one cares if you're unhappy in your life. You just need to do better. Like, that's always the answer. And that's typically what we have to default when we talk with other guys, when we talk to our friends and talk to our fathers and fathers. It's like, it's not that we don't care about what's happened. And the problem is no one that's relying on you gives a fuck about what you're feeling or what you're unhappy about. But I feel why you're unhappy. Well, look at Clint getting all serious and shit. But, you know, this video kind of sparked that, you know. I thought about, you know, uh, you know, and I don't know, like, there's a certain part that you just kind of accept that comes with the territory when you want to be in a certain position in life and you want to be in a certain position of having a family and kids and all that stuff. And there's a part, then, you know, I think every person has hesitations no matter how much they want to do something or be something. And then there's a side of the coin where you, then you get it and you realize that it's not as rewarding at least not as rewarding in the direct ways you think it is it is not as uh quote-unquote unity as you think it is not as um family orient like there's so many things it turns out that's not and that's the thing. Do you accept what it's not or do you just kind of become so disappointed for it not living it up to the expectations? So then you blame everything for the sacrifice in your life and all this shit and then it builds resentment. And then, you know, that's when I think a lot of the bad shit happens within marriages or with whoever. And... I think a lot of it stems from a lot of people, a lot of men today, we feel like truly we are just beings that are supposed to serve others. Even when you're not married, even when you don't have kids, even if you're not with anyone. Like the way we are just deemed in anything we do, we are just there to make other people's life more convenient at the expense of ourselves in everyday life. It could be your job. It can be, I mean, I don't even know how else to put it. It's literally just in anything. And it doesn't even have to be towards people that you have an obligation. It doesn't even have to be towards family or lover, you know, girlfriend, wife, uh, parents kids like it can be just most random and we are just from anyone we are just here to just what and be like well that's just what it is it's like actually it's not just what it is it's what we have chosen to be there's literally nothing that says i have to do anything for anyone a lot of this stuff, you know, I've kind of had a lot of epiphanies. I think a lot of this stuff is really outdated. I think a lot of this stuff is really just existing for people to kind of have an excuse to just kind of coast. Like, me personally, you know, this is kind of a controversial opinion, and I haven't always thought this. I actually don't really... um I don't think there's a lot of things you should do until you're married. And 
I think you should have to show signs of things in time, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm going down a dirty path here. That I wasn't even trying to. Whoa, Clint. Whoa. But, you know, it, it's just the way I feel what I see a lot. I see the way people talk about us guys from many different ages. We are just, it's like we are just reduced to a, such a simple thing. But that simple thing is not enough to really be worthy. Like, see, here's the thing. Like, if you just reduce someone and say, this is all that matters from you. And this is what I'm going to value from you as a person the most. Then you do that thing and be like, that's great, but that's what you're supposed to do. Now you're supposed to do X, Y, and Z, fill in these blanks, and anything you lack, I will find a better partner. I will find someone better to raise my kids with. And it's like, but this is all you said that mattered. (laughs) And apparently, it's not. And... I think, you know, I, I think maybe we've been, us, be, you know, us men, we're more than just people. We're more than just guys that make fucking money for people. We are more than just providers. We are more than just protectors. Like, we are actually people who actually are worth the shit more than just being simplified this task to just wasting our lives to make other people happy. Like, look, we have obligations when you get yourself in situations. You have obligation to take care of your kids and your wife and stuff like that. Like, I don't want that to get misconstrued. You have, a, you have an obligation to take care of people you've made a commitment to take care of, whoever those people may be. But, you know, I think you always have the right to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do stuff I don't want to do. I don't want to work a job I don't want to do. I want to live a more living lifestyle. I want to do more of a kind of a freedom type of life where other things matter to me. Now, I also came across, I was listening to a podcast and kind of transitioned a little. This is getting a little eh, for even for me. And that he's Mark Manson. He was talking about like uh, how you always hear the term that people change over time. People drift apart. They always say people drift apart. They always say that typically when someone, they're with someone, they have that moment and they're like, this is, I don't even know who, I don't even recognize who this person is. And it's like, he's like, well, yeah. People change. Uh, people's circumstances change. Their ideas of what's important to them change. Like if you met someone when they were full of life and had all the aspirations, the happiest in the world, and then you got together and you made them miserable as hell. <laughs> no. But if you got with them and there was a lot of things that changed. Like, yeah, they're not going to be the same person. It's like, you know, but I liked it when they were spontaneous and had all these different aspirations. And then once those aspirations gone, I don't know. I just don't look at it. It's like, but have you ever, but what a lot of people in those situations don't, it's like, have you ever broke down why that person's desires change? Why that person stopped doing those things that they enjoyed? Could it be because in order to make Let's just say in most cases, like, living in a unison, like, making y'all's life a reality, something had to take a back seat. I think a lot of people have this blind belief that we just, we just have, we can just do anything. We can do anything, but there's a trade-off. Everything comes at an expense of something. The more time you spend on something, the less time on something else. You don't sleep enough, it's gonna suffer. You sleep too much, you're not gonna have enough time for something. Like, there's a trade-off. If you want to work and make a lot of money, 10, 12 hours a day, it's going to come at expense. If you want to work part-time, you're not going to have as much money to do certain things. But you have more time to just sit on your ass and think about what you want to do, right? You know, that that's the thing where I think it's like 
people just think like, uh, you know, you just, you just make it work. Like, it's like, nah, like, at a certain point, you don't just make it work. You have to actually do something to actually adjust to change a circumstance, right? And I think that's why I really feel like the reason why a lot of people are in those situations where they're together with someone a long time, people change, is they never consider that a lot of the reasons why people change is to literally adjust and become accustomed to how the other person lives and what they may have adjusted in their life and catering to you may have taken away from that. That's a scary thing, you know, that's a scary thing when you, you know, meet someone or you get married and date and all that shit. It's like the thing you worry about is losing yourself. But then by the time you realize it, years and years, and it's like, is it too late to change, right? Do you hit that point where it's like, you can't really... You're already this far in, and the only way you can rationalize changing everything you are is by hoping that the result of what you felt you did had a worthy sacrifice. Um, But, I don't know, I think change is necessary within a relationship for growth. Like, you have to... Here's what I say, like being being in a relationship in general is not specific at all. I think being in a relationship really forces you to adjust what matters to you and it forces you to make a decision on what matters to you and what are you willing to accept that may come as a sacrifice in that in that world like what are you willing to put on the back burner completely throw away for someone or are you willing to not be with someone that you may consider the love of your life because you're afraid of that and I think fear is a real driving factor because like what do you want to lose? That's a scary thing for a lot of people. And when I'm listening, when I was listening to the podcast, he was explaining this, and I'm like, huh. He was kind of like, you know, the reality is this whole like you find eternal happiness, you can have it all. It's not realistic, and it's not supposed to be realistic. Because if you have everything, you don't really know when you have it. Like, there's nothing to work towards more. There's nothing to fiend at. There's nothing to whatever. Like, it's the worst thing that can happen to you when you have it all. It makes the getting that last... It's like you want most of everything. And then, like, you're chasing after that last thing to be a well-complete, well-rounded person. But this fantasy of having it all, it's just not, its I think it's unhealthy to have it all. To have the perfect life, to have the perfect career you want, where, there's, where it doesn't interfere with problems in your relationship, or it doesn't interfere with other things you want to do, where it doesn't interfere with a personal hobby of yours, where it doesn't interfere with a passion of yours, like... You wouldn't appreciate those other things if you didn't understand how much that main thing took away from it. So, I don't know. You know, what the fuck do I know? I'm just a guy with wet spots on my pants from my coffee. And this is a real coffeezilla because you are being scammed of your time. Um, (laughs) Speaking of scamming, so... uh. So, uh, apparently, so there's this, uh, recent clip going viral where Logan Paul and Jake Paul, as you guys know, they're the broskies. Um, and so they were on Logan's podcast and it was not long after 
uh, Jake's fight with Nate Diaz. But they got into this whole thing where Logan was legitimately, they had like this legit like, you could tell the shit was real. Like this was not like just some over-exaggerated internet stuff. Which one thing I do appreciate about them is they've done it in the past when Jake comes on the show. They always have like that one thing they talk about in the show where it's like they hash out something that's very personal and they actually talk. Because I actually feel like they probably don't talk too much personal real life because they're so busy selling prime <laughs> you know doing wrestling doing a podcast jake basically his whole life is like the boxing thing like so they're pretty busy people right but the thing that people and it just goes to show of how sometimes when people get so big and they kind of become delusional on their importance and they think they're the most important thing in the world regardless and so the whole thing was essentially fast forward is that uh, Jake during his boxing event with Nate Diaz, the whole event was apparently uh, one of the sponsors was Celsius. And of course, the bro Logan is a part co He's not really an owner. He's basically like a he's kind of like an owner, but he did. I guess he's like a co-founder, quote unquote, of Prime, him and KSI. They're basically the spokespeople you know, the marketers, and it's so obnoxious, because, like, everything, it is a prime bottle, is this and that, and it's just like, all right, man, I get, like, everyone gets what you're doing, but the problem they ran is, apparently, at Jake's fight, Logan could not be, could not have a prime bottle, they not want him, so they say he cannot bring, if he brings a prime bottle or tries a prime, he will be escorted out. And Logan made a big deal, he's like, but I'm your brother, they wouldn't let me bring a prime bottle, all this stuff, and he's like, bro, like, it, it has nothing to do with me. I'm, like, they're the ones running the event, they're the ones putting millions and millions of dollars in this, I'm getting paid by them, it's like, if it were up to me, of course, it wouldn't matter that much, but... It's like, there's nothing I could do. He's like, bro, I'm your bro. He's like, you know, man, like, and he kind of, he's like, you know what? This whole, like, brother thing, it's funny how when, uh, it's like, you couldn't put your promotion for one night aside for one of my biggest nights in my life where I'm fighting a, where I'm fighting, like, a UFC, former UFC star. Like, the night's supposed to be about me, and you're worried about your prime. He's like, but I'm running a business. He's like, bro, good, good for you. But your business is not going to happen here. He's like, and the thing, and then literally like 15 minutes later in the podcast, or not too long after, he, then Logan ironically started going about, they were talking about something, he's like, but see, you know, here's the thing, like, we we need us, we're separate people, we have different interests, different this, different that, and then Jake's like, but wait, but literally, like, 15 minutes ago, you were talking about how, but bro, we're brothers, but now when it's convenient for you, we're separate people, all this stuff, I don't need anyone interfering with my goals and stuff, and he's like, and he's like, but literally 15 minutes ago, you're talking about we're brothers, so he basically point, put him on blast, where he's like, look, you want us to be bros when it's beneficial to you, but then you want to be separate when you don't want to be like like a brother should be. He's like, sometimes being a brother is like down here to you, but then when it's convenient, is like the most important, utmost thing you want to preach and all this stuff. And the thing is more troubling is literally Logan's reaction of like, I really don't understand like what you're saying. Like, I don't think we're processing this. He's like, there's really no other way you could process except how I put it. And literally, there's not a single person out there in the comment section or people's reaction that are like, you know, Logan's actually like everyone's like, bro, like you were legitimately delusional the way you're actually like trying to rationalize like you're kind of come off as a whiny baby. You're making it about you when it's your brother's bo- main boxing event. It's like, but you're making it about you. And, you know, I think when it comes to Logan Paul's, like, 
scamming, you know, the crypto scam and all this other shit comes across. I think something like that shines a light that even though he's matured, he's become more likable. I even like him kind of now. I still like him, you know, people have their flaws, but you can see like, oh, this is where that extreme like lack of awareness of why didn't people, why are people mad? Like, I know why it makes sense. It's like, nah, like, um, but yeah, I just found that a little bit interesting. Yeah, but you know, no shade here. Whoo, but yeah. We need, you know, they have the YouTube influencer boxing thing going on. We should have, like, a minimal, like, down-of-the-barrel podcasting boxing events where it's like, hey, for you, YouTube 100 subscribers or less or plays where it's X amount or lower, where you're, like, the bottom of the bottom of views and playership, you guys all get in a boxing ring, you know, bring clout to your podcast and you'll get an extra 12 listens if you get your ass beat in this ring, right? That's the selling point. Uh, but you know, it's kind of weird it's like as a small podcaster, quote unquote, at this point, or I shouldn't say small because, you know, I'm six foot one. Um, <laughs> it's actually because I work yesterday. I actually went down to tie my shoes. Always, I have to say, I tie my shoes before I start shift wear. I came up and there was this manager that came from behind. She she stopped and looked at me. She's like, how tall are you? And I was like, I looked up and I'm like, I don't know. I think like six, I think like, yeah, probably like, she was like 5'11". She's like, are you 5'11"? I'm like, 5'11"? Jesus, the disrespect's like, just because you're short. But apparently 5'11 is like considered tall, but you know, uh, I hit one of the 666 marks. I think it's called this, as a guy, you want to hit the 666 mark. Over six feet, over six inches, and the toes. Um, (laughs) Hopefully you don't have six inch toes, Jesus Christ. It's like, hey, anytime my hands are cramping, just uh, put a dabble of the toe in there. (laughs) Now that's a camel toe. Um, <laughs> what is it? Six feet, six inches, six figures. I'm sure that's what it is. Even though I think the girls perform more six, seven, six, but hey, what do I know? I'm just a man who fits the criteria minus the figures and the inches. Um, <laughs> but no, you know what? I think we would have a great, you know, I, you know, I'll bust open some guys in the ring, in the ring. Jesus Christ. Not with the cock ring in the ring. Um, which by, I didn't even know Bryce Hall was doing bare knuckle fighting. Look at me talking about like fitness YouTube shit. I didn't even know Bryce Hall was doing bare knuckle fighting. I was watching it and I'm like, you know. I feel like a lot more people would be more comfortable doing bare knuckle than actual boxing. Which it was kind of, I can't really understand bare knuckle fighting. Like, I don't know really the rules. I've never watched like a full bare knuckle fight. It's like you can box, but you can kind of grapple for a little bit. But once someone goes to the ground, you know, they, you know, stop it until everyone gets up and do the whole thing. But like you can knock someone down, but then it has to be with your fit. I don't know. But. I was wa- I was you know I was watching like the clips of his fight where he actually technically won because the dude couldn't continue the fight because his eye was so fucked up or whatever. And um I was like, you know what? I think a lot more people would be more comfortable doing this than actually boxing with gloves and doing all the technical stuff because they were just going in there and it just basically kind of like a street fight, but like with a little bit more like structure and Moving around and feeling the opponent, but like you felt those punches. But I feel like in boxing, like you know, and I'm not the first person to say, it, but when you're boxing, it's actually more of an argument that people made where actually boxing is probably more mentally like concussion because you're just getting repeated 
blows over and over because your body because your head can take headshots from boxing gloves or at least it feel like it can but then by the time the damage is done it's just wear and tear and tear it's like imagine like driving over a hundred speed bumps but at a decent pace not too fast but enough where it fucks up the it could fuck up your alignment could fuck up your tires and all that shit compared to bare knuckles like hey you're going to go over the speed bump 100 miles per hour. There's only a couple speed bumps you're going to survive here, right? Before the car just says, fuck it. And you're done, though. Um, I would still rather get in a boxing ring. I ain't trying to get punched in the face by a professional fighter who can, you know, fuck your face up. Like, that shit. But, you know, I think, uh, I think a lot of people... You know, that's the thing. I'm not boxing yet, but boxing just looks so tiring, man. It's like they all have, like, weak legs because it's just so, like, you... You don't see many boxers just out here squatting and shit. Like, many boxers don't have, like, ripped or jacked legs because it would probably be used because it, it would just wear and tear. Like, having that much muscle in your leg, you would get fatigued so fast. Even the big dudes, like, even, like, the 200-plus pounders, like, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, like, they have skinny, like, legs. It doesn't mean they're not strong there, per se, but, like, they're obviously not, you know, squatting 400 pounds. They're obviously not doing, you know, crazy amount of weight on lunges, and they don't have crazy quads, you know, because that would probably actually hamper their ability to box well because it would just be too much it would be too stiff and shit but yeah isn't kind of ironic that doing squats makes you stiff stiffer than the sock in my drawer hey i don't have a drawer hey you're a whore um (laughs) oh jesus um (laughs) Oh, Jesus, jizzed in my face for breakfast and called the toast scrambles. Yeah. I don't know. You know? What you gonna do when the player comes for you? Yeah. So, any jizz. So, yeah. Um... If you buy a house for a thousand dollars, does that mean you could buy a thousand islands? <sighs> All right, that's probably something to end the podcast. But before I end the podcast, I just want to tell you guys I appreciate the love, the continued support. I know I miss Wednesday's upload. One of these weeks when I post this. Um, see, I wish I was more up to date where I could just record an episode one day, post it that day. But it just takes so fucking long to process. You have no fucking idea. Help a brother out in the city. Um, But yeah. But you know what? You gotta love life. You gotta enjoy. You gotta roll with the punches. And pay for better Wi-Fi. That's the moral of the story. You pay for better Wi-Fi. You can up, you know, the world's at your hands with good Wi-Fi. Don't settle for Xfinity, $55 a month. Oh, but the internet speed works good on my laptop. Well, it doesn't really matter when you upload a 28 gigabyte video. Because then, you know, you just... Sitting there for five hours for it to process. And another two hours for it to process in 4K. It's like, why the fuck does my video need to be in 4K? No one watches it in any K. I don't even run a K. What do they call it? Like a 26 mile. What was it? 26 mile? They say it's a 5K or some shit. Like, I, you know, I hate the fact that we have to be influenced by the British or... The Canadians were like, oh, we measure in kilograms. Like, oh, you think you're superior because you use less. For some reason, anytime we use a measurement that's less, we think it's more superior. It's like, isn't that means it's less accurate? I don't know. What the fuck do I know? 
I'm just a guy that doesn't weigh myself. And I should have weighed the options before pressing record. But hey, that's why you were just pleasured with episode 212 of the Off and Be podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties and yeah buddy go get the rainbow back from the horse's tailpipe and this cat's looking at me like can you just stop recording all right i'm trying to sleep on my box all right guys have a great day morning night and that's a fart Woo, titties